светит луна глазам волчьим На мусульманский восток Пьем пакистанскую молча Молча подводим итог Ветровой в степи унылой oh, я тебя до могилы не забуду никогда You know, the biggest thing I see is I'm going through this uh, Spotify playlist of Russian war songs. They all sound like shit, man. That's the best one I can find. Oh, listen to that quality right there. Uh, Russia. Russia, I am by no means, and nor by no means will I be an expert on what's going on in Russia. That is for sure. This is just an average Joe news show with an average Joe talking about my take on what's going on. And we have Vladimir Putin, 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 invading the U- Ukraine, man. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. And I'll tell you why it's scary. Now, like I said, I'm not going to get into this because I am not the expert on this. But the scary stuff that I see going on right now is what he's saying. And basically, he's threatening every, anybody that comes in and, and, and retaliates against Russia uh, he's he's threatening nuclear warfare, man. Vladimir Putin has appeared to threaten nuclear strikes if any country tries to attack Russia in retaliation. In a chilling warning, he said, consequences of any attempt to strike back would provoke a response never seen in history. Scary times, man. I mean, I, I've been sitting around this morning, you know, looking through all the news, trying to see what's going on, trying to figure out what, when, why, where. And it's just insane. And there's a lot of people saying you got to watch out or if uh, if China tries to overtake Taiwan and use this as a as a, a stepping stone to invade Taiwan. I mean, this is bad stuff. It looks like from what I see, everybody, everybody in Europe is condemning Putin. But, uh, you know, he's got a mind of his own. I'm just so glad that we have Grandpa Joe up there to defend us because, you know, like he said, uh, Putin is afraid of him. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president. But to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Which I think is an absolute joke. Uh, Anybody else wish Trump was in office now or any other president other than Biden? I mean, just the fact that Biden's adolescent scratched his stiff fingers on the nuclear button that could end the world uh, is a little frightening for me. A little frightening for me. I mean, all the Biden jokes aside, you know, it's one thing cracking on Biden and, and, and laughing at his incompetence when nothing's going on. But when shit really hits the fan, uh, this is a scary situation. And you're looking to the leader that's in charge of us. The guy that can't even answer any questions in a press conference, the guy that can barely, you know, utter a coherent sentence along with his vice president. And I'll tell you what, man, this is, this is a shakeup. This is a shakeup. And I, and it's, it's frightening because we don't have the strongest leaders at the top of this. I mean, we got rid of Trump because of all of his mean tweets to trade for a world leader that is basically senile in my opinion, allegedly. I don't think Biden's going to listen to this show and, and, and send a lawsuit my way. But, you know, you never know. Don't you understand what I'm trying to say? At least America has better war songs. 
If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save. Will the world in a grave? Take a look around you, boy. If the button is pushed. So mad, feels like coagulating. I'm sitting here just contemplating. I can't twist the truth, it knows no regulation. Handful of sanitation. I hope it de escalates over there. I really do. And marches alone can't bring integration when human respect is disintegrating. This whole well, I mean, I guess we can always go to the uh other news the crazy teachers and stuff that we've been touching on uh yeah so um the don't say gay bill in florida has been getting some steam but it's getting a little confusing for some people especially this guy this teacher let's see what he has to say good evening so as i was scrolling through the tiktok and uh for you and everything like that um i came across something rather disconcerting um, so I'm a teacher. All right. And I came across this big thing that's going on in Florida. With You came across a big thing. I'm not even going to delve into that. Go ahead. Legislation. Um, the don't say gay bill, um, that Florida passed. Mm-hmm. So, um, I live in Ohio. Okay, Ohio. So. You're not in Florida. But. I wanted to then ask, pose this question because I think it's rather interesting. Um, and I saw, heard some very interesting points. Um, uh, first of all, outing, outing mm-hmm. children. Um, I don't think that's what the bill says. That, that, that makes absolutely no sense to me. No, um, no, 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 no. Hold on. The, the bill is about making uh, parents, uh, unless it puts the child in danger, that the parents have to be updated on their mental state, et cetera. But go ahead. Um, like, I don't, I don't get that concept of why. So you, you can't say gay, but I guess the district can... Mm. Out children? Out children to their parents? As long as it's not harmful to the student? Yes, you don't get to keep secrets with your students? Yes, that's kind of in the bill. Um, I don't get how that works. Um, It's because, well, let me explain this a little bit. See, the parents are in charge of their kids, not you, the teacher. Uh, The parents have the right to know what's going on. And if something comes up at school... Um, it should be discussed with the parents because the parents are, uh, for lack of a better term, the parents. Okay. And the parents have a different level of authority than a teacher. Okay. It's a, a parent has parental rights. Okay. Do you understand that? I know, I know it's a little complicated, but you get that right. Um, I haven't read the full bill. I'm just kind of hearing from what I'm hearing from others, but my question, here's my question, though. Okay, all right, your what question. What does this mean for 
for the teachers. Okay. Now, what does it mean for the teachers that are gay? For example, like moi. Moi. Um, so my students, for example, um, okay. like they, they know that, that Mr. Erlinger All right, Mr. Erlinger. is gay. They know that. And sometimes, you know, they'll come and they ask me, hey, do you have a boyfriend yet? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And we have that conversation. Oh, see, that's where you're wrong right there, Mr. Erlinger. Uh, you don't have that conversation. Uh, when a child asks you that, you say, um, my personal life is not what I'm here for. I'm here to teach you the fundamentals of math, science, English, etc. And um, we're not going to discuss what Mr. Erlinger, uh, where he puts his dick in his private time. So you just avoid the conversation, Mr. Erlinger. You don't have to go into detail about which gay club you're going to and who you're boning with the students. It's it's none of their business. And it's not your place as a teacher to be um, you know, explaining to students what you're doing sexually. Nobody cares what kind of cucumber you're shoving up your ass or what you're doing. Um, that's not a conversation that is appropriate for you to have with the children. So I don't see where the conflict is uh, here, Mr. Erlinger. Um, and yeah. we have sometimes when students say things that are. Okay. So what is the don't say gay bill? All right. There's a lot of, of talk that's going on about this and um, let's break it open real quick. Okay. Florida is uh, advancing a pair of controversial bills and these bills are designed to bar school districts from encouraging classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, the state Senate and house have proposed the parental rights in education bills. Now, that's what they're called, the Parental Rights and Education Bills, but they're being referred to as the Don't Say Gay Bills uh, by critics. So that would apply to such topics in primary grade levels. Remember, I've talked on previous episodes that there's a time and a place for everything, and I don't believe the young grade school is a place for this, and this is kind of what this bill is doing. Um, it would also apply in cases where the discussions are deemed not age-appropriate. So it's a, it's a, it's an age thing. The bills would also extend to student support services, including counseling and would require, require school district personnel to give parents all information related to a student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, unless, and here's the caveat, unless it's believed that such disclosure would result in abuse, parents would be able to sue districts that do not follow these requirements. The purpose of the bills, according to the text, is to reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children. The House Judiciary Committee, Committee approved the bill on Thursday and it's advancing to present it to the House. Their version of the bill is almost the same as the Senate's, the only difference being that it specifies that the ban would be on classroom instruction for those from kindergarten through the third grade. Okay, so this bill is limited from kindergarten to third grade or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. The House could vote on this bill as soon as Tuesday. 
Now, this is a quote from, let me see, uh, the bill's sponsor, which is Republican Joe Harding. He said, I want folks that oppose the bill to be really clear on what they're actually opposing. I want them to go on the record to say it's okay for a six-year-old to have one identity in school and one at home because the school encourages that kind of behavior. <laughs> that's and I mean, and that's been going on. We've covered a few stories about that going on. In the Senate, the bill was passed by the Education Committee on February 8th and must be considered by two more Florida Senate committees, which could make changes before it can be presented to the full chamber. If Florida legislatures pass the bill, it would go into effect on July 1st, with all school district plans having to be updated by June 30th, 2023. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who supports the bill, said at a roundtable in Miami on February 7th that he doesn't approve of injecting these concepts about choosing your gender at schools. DeSantis says, we've seen instances of students being told by different folks in school, oh, don't worry, don't pick your gender yet. Do all this other stuff. They won't tell the parents about these discussions that are happening, DeSantis said. That is entirely inappropriate. Schools need to be teaching kids to read, to write. They need to teach them science, history. We need more civics. DeSantis said he doesn't think such conversations are going on in large numbers, but that he wants to make sure that our schools are really focusing on the basics. And I agree. I agree with this 100%. That's what we should be doing at the school. And remember, this bill is guard is, is 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 aimed at kindergarten through third grade. Now, come on, don't you don't you as a parent agree that from kindergarten to third grade, at least according to this bill, which I agree with, we should just be teaching fundamentals. We don't need to get into gender identity. We don't need to get into the if your teacher's gay or not. We just need to leave that out of the the classroom. And like the critics critics say, don't say gay. We need to stick to the basics at these ages. I agree with this 100%. I'm glad DeSantis is out there talking about this. He sounds like a voice of reason. DeSantis also says, we don't want them to be engines to be putting things like critical race theory. Things that are divisive and are not accurate, of course, when you start talking about some of the stuff that they're teaching with it and making sure that we're really focusing on the basics. I agree. Focus on the basics. There's a time and a place for everything. If you want to get into critical race theory, if you want to get into gender identities, there is an, probably an age-appropriate time for that. I think college, maybe some high school, but not, not in grade school. So for Delaney Ocock, that's right. The last name is Ocock. For Delaney Ocock, a senior at Olympia High School in Orlando. Oh, I thought this was going to be a dissenting. Uh, I feel bad now about making fun of the name Ocock. I thought it was going to be a dissenting view from uh, a teacher's organization or something, and I was going to really run with the Ocock, but it's a student. <laughs> okay, so for Delaney, Ocock. A senior at Olympia High School in Orlando, the bill is unnecessary. This student believes that it is a barrier to LGBTQ students such as herself from having an essential support system at school. The bill is sending a message to the LGBTQ community of youth that they have something to be ashamed about, that their identities are so taboo that they shouldn't even be talked about in classrooms. That's what this student told CBS News on Thursday. 
and a word that already shame in a world that already shames LGBTQ people enough. Children who are learning and developing who they are don't need any more of that stigma. Well, I don't think the bill really delves into that. I mean, the bill says they can't be taught. Now, if a student has questions about that, they can definitely send them down to a qualified school counselor. And I use that term qualified very, very fucking broadly in, in, in this kind of situation. But they can talk to the school counselor about whatever issues they're facing. And in turn, the school counselor has to let the parents know as long as they don't believe that the student is going to be in harm. And that's another situation that can come up in the counseling session. So it, it, it's, it's, it's limiting what, they, what can be taught from third grade, kindergarten to third grade. It would still give the counselor the ability to, to say, hey, Johnny, 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 you identify as a cat. Okay. Um, Johnny, how do you feel about, how do you feel that your parents would think if they knew that you identified as a meow meow? And Johnny could say, well, they'd be very angry. Well, that right there would give the counselor the ability to not talk to the parents about little Johnny identifying as a uh, hairless Parisian cat or whatever. Um, so there is that, it still has that power to the counselors they, because they can withhold the ma- information, which I don't think they should at all, but they can withhold the information if they feel that it would be uh, put the child in an abusive situation. If I hadn't, I'm going back to the quote from the student. If I hadn't had that experience of having really awesome, accepting middle school experience, I definitely wouldn't be as vocal about who I am in my identity today. Hmm. That's an interesting statement. That's an interesting statement. If I hadn't had that experience of having really awesome, accepting middle school experience, I definitely would not be as vocal about who I am in my identity today. Having that really normalized, so the student believes in her elementary school experience that it was normalized, having that really normalized it for me and made me not afraid to speak out about who I am. She said the bill is also incorrectly assumes that kids are able to openly have LGBTQ center discussions at home. For many of her classmates, she said the response to that bill is that of fear. Um, yeah. And for a lot of these kids, they're not going to be able to have that conversation at home, but the bill also puts in implementations that would protect a child that can't have those conversations at home. Um, so it's a start. It's not an end all be all, but it is a start. And it looks like it is moving through the Florida government. DeSantis is behind it. And that is the don't scape, don't say gay bill, uh, kind of in a nutshell. Um, other critics are saying that this takes away a safe space for children which I don't believe it does. And it's also requiring teachers to out students to their parents. Um, but the key word that they're missing there, this is, these are critics, critics quotes that I'm reading. Um, the key thing that they're not taking into consideration is that uh, they don't, the teachers don't have to out the students if they believe that it would be in harm's way. The, the sticky situation here is it also gives the parents, if they find out about this later on, uh, they do have a legal recourse to sue to sue the school. Um, so who's to say? I mean, if you're a teacher and you're going to withhold that kind of information information from a parent or a counselor, uh, you better be very careful because that parent, if they find out, can come back and sue your ass. So that's the "Don't Say Gay" bill, kind of in a nutshell, and that's what this uh, first teacher that we played from TikTok. We kind of had a little HR meeting with him. 
uh, that teacher from TikTok. That this is the whole bill that he was very confused about. The teacher from Ohio. What was his name? Uh, Mr. Jizumbach or something like that. I don't know. Um, anyway, so that's the don't say gay bill. I want to throw you the wildest bachelor party of all time. It's going to be crazier than whatever Kanye West is doing at this particular moment. I'm giving this lasagna a massage while preparing to announce I'm joining ISIS. Well, Kanye West is in the news once again for doing crazy Kanye shit. Uh, the guy's probably having a mental breakdown. Uh, I, man, Kim must have had the best vagina ever for the way that Kanye is reacting to all of this. But anyways, Kanye West is banned from Saturday Night Live after all the Pete Davidson threats. You know, you ever notice this pattern with Kanye? He loves to go after first. It was uh, Taylor Swift, you know, this little tiny, you know, girl. And then he goes after Billie Eilish. And now he's going after Pete Davidson. He loves picking on these little girls. But anyways, Kanye West has had a lot to say about Pete Davidson recently. The Chicago rapper has been infuriated, infuriated. And if you follow him on Instagram, you will see this 100%. He's infuriated with the SNL star ever since he started dating Kanye's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. Kanye, a.k.a. Yee, has been spitting fire on social media and during public appearances recently to shake Pete up. Kanye has now been banned from Saturday Night Live, according to a report from Radar. Sources said that West has been banned for making threats against Pete Davison. The move was made due to safety concerns for Pete and the entire cast of the show. And I quote, Kanye has been banned from the show. Usually SNL loves controversy and isn't afraid to tackle any story in the news head on. However, you will not see Kanye on the show or hear his name mentioned again. It is obvious that Kanye needs help and making threats against a cast member is not a laughing matter. Uh, Kanye and West and SNL have a long history together. Kanye is even friends with several people who work on the show. The interest of safety has come up before those personal ties. Backstage talk at SNL confirms that the show's producers are worried that Kanye West is unstable. While there is no formal banned list, there is an unspoken one. Kanye's erratic behavior has earned him a spot on that unspoken list. And that makes me wonder who else has been banned from Saturday Night Live. So I did a little digging. I did come up uh, with a list from 2014, and it's talking about 10 people banned from Saturday Night Live. Number one, Sinead O'Connor. Remember, she was on there. She tore the picture of the Pope. That one's kind of obvious. Uh, for those of you youngsters that don't know who Sinead O'Connor is, uh, she was a singer, Irish singer, and she ripped up a uh, picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live after she performed a song. She's definitely on the band list, the unspoken band list. One person that I wasn't aware of is Mr. Karate himself, Steven Seagal. Apparently, he was a major asshole behind the scenes. He would call writers stupid. He was just a pain in the ass behind the scenes. And he hosted, um, he hosted Saturday Night Live a few times. Uh, this came to light when Nicolas Cage was on. And in Nicolas Cage's opening uh, monologue, he lamented during his monologue that the audience might think he's the biggest jerk who's ever been on the show. And then producer Michaels, uh, what's his first name? I forget his name. Uh, in the in the live broadcast, he res he shouted out, no, 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 that would be Steven Seagal. So Steven Seagal was another person that was uh, definitely kicked off the show. Andy Kaufman. What did Andy do? I mean, Andy Kaufman was always doing crazy stuff. Let me read this. Kaufman's appearances on SNL were unpredictable and ahead of their time, beginning with SNL's very first episode in 1975, 
whether he was nervously lip-syncing to the Mighty Mouse theme or impersonating Elvis Presley, audiences had no idea what would come next. Eventually, Kaufman's stint wrestling women drew the ear of the then-producer Dick Ebersol. In response, Kaufman proposed an audience vote to let him stay or force him off the show. The final tally of viewers calling in to keep Andy came in at 169,000, while 195,000 voted to dump Andy Kaufman. Whether it was another one of his audacious stunts remains to be seen, but Kaufman never appeared on Saturday Night Live following that vote. Martin Lawrence, another one I was surprised to see on the list. Lawrence, uh, we know he was a huge television star in the 90s, and what did he do? After voicing his appreciation for the show, Lawrence launched into a bit about the then-recent John and Lorena Bobbitt incident, then spontaneously segued into a feminine hygiene rant. The comments were removed for syndication and replaced by uh, title cards that described his opinions as a frank and lively presentation that nearly cost all of us our jobs. Lawrence never hosted after that. So he just went on his monologue, went off on a tirade, and they had to cut it from syndication. <laughs> Lorena Bobbitt. Uh, for those of you kids that don't know, uh, Lorena Bobbitt chopped off her uh, husband. Yeah, it was John Bobbitt. So she chopped off her husband, John Bobbitt's penis and threw it out a car window. And of course, Martin Lawrence started cracking on that and he was never invited back. Robert Blake. I'm not surprised that he wasn't invited back uh, long before he was charged with and acquitted of murdering his second wife. Robert Blake was too nice when he hosted Saturday Night Live. Like Steven Seagal, he wasn't too nice when he hosted Saturday Night Live. Like Steven Seagal. Blake didn't exactly work well with the cast writers, according to SNL writer David Sheffield, who labels the In Cold Blood and Beretta star as the worst host ever. Blake was not a fan of what the writers came up with for him during a read-through of a sketch called Breezy Philosopher about a rough-and-tumble biker type who quoted uh, a bunch of philosophy, pretty much. And so I guess he was really hard to work with, so he was not invited back. And let's see, number six is Milton Berle. Uncle Milty didn't seem to get the memo that Saturday Night Live includes cast members as well as a host. According to people who worked on the show, Milton Berle took over the production of his episode of Saturday Night Live in 1979, inserting sketches of his own and intentionally upstaging cast members like Gilda Radner for cheap laughs. Berle never hosted again. Uh, Adrian Brody. One would think that a little improvisation could work on a sketch comedy show, but that's not the case for Saturday Night Live. When host Adrian Brody came out to introduce reggae performer Sean Paul in 2003 episode, the actor was wearing fake dreadlocks and speaking in a stereotypical Jamaican, uh, you know, accent. Lauren Michaels was not pleased and Brody has yet to come back for a second show. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin earned banishment from Saturday Night Live in October of 1977. Grodin reportedly missed rehearsals and when the show went live, he came across as unprepared and clumsy while stepping all over the cast members and ad-libbing ad much of his dialogue. Uh, Frank Zappa, Uncle Frank here, apparently he's not invited back to Saturday Night Live. Well, he's dead, but other than that, the godfather of Weirdo Rock was banned for his performance as host in 1978. Instead of just going along with the lines written for him, Zappa lazily read from the cue cards and reminded viewers that he wasn't really trying. Instead of an A for effort, he got a B for band and never showed up on Saturday Night Live again. Elvis Costello. 
is on their, you know, their, this fictitious ban list. That's not really public or whatever. Elvis Costello during their second segment on December 17th, 1977, Elvis Costello and the attractions began playing the hit song less than zero from Costello's debut album. My aim is true. Soon Costello waved at his band and shouted, stop. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason to do this song here. The band then tore through the song radio, radio and uh, unplanned performance that got them banned. Apparently the dispute came from Costello's record company. Instead of anything, anyone on Saturday night live did Costello originally wanted to perform radio, radio, a single that hadn't been released yet, but Columbia records forced them to play the better known single. In this case, the hard feelings didn't linger in 1989. Costello was invited back again. He even parodied his own stunt on the 25th anniversary show by interrupting the Beastie Boys performance of Sabotage, which quickly morphed into a joint performance of Radio Radio. So that's kind of a bullshit one. But those are the 10 artists that have been banned from Saturday Night Live, allegedly. Now to wrap things up, before I head into my storm, uh, my storm uh, shelter, my storm shelter, my nuclear fallout shelter. You know, I, as I'm as I'm thinking about this, let me just go back to this whole Russian thing. I don't think that there's going to be any troops put on the ground in the Ukraine from other countries. I think I think everybody's smart enough to stay out of this, and you might not like that or whatever. But I'm I'm thinking my prediction, my hope is that we just stay out of it. I'm sure that the other governments will supply arms to the Ukrainians to help them fight, but I don't think we're going to get any troops on the ground, and maybe this will blow over after Putin has already taken back all of that, according to him, taking back all that land. Um, like I said, I'm not an expert on this. I think Putin's going to get his way on this. I don't think anybody's going to stop him, especially when he's putting the threat out there of nuclear war. Uh, but anyways, last story before I get out of here. In Las Vegas, now this is a nasty story. All right. So if you you're driving around with your kids and listening to me, well, you're a bad parent to begin with. Let's just say that right off the bat. But in Las Vegas, a child was found dead in a freezer. And how did this come about? Well, a note was written by the victim's mother who said her boyfriend had been imprisoning her in her home and that she had not seen her son since December. Las Vegas authorities have arrested a 35-year-old man after allegedly finding the body of a young boy in a freezer in his garage. Online court records confirm that Brandon Toslin was charged Tuesday with two counts of first-degree kidnapping. Homicide detectives are handling the investigation after the discovery of the boy's body Tuesday afternoon. Las Vegas Metropolitan Police have yet to release the victim's name or age. The, they spoke to Lieutenant Ray Spencer about the gruesome discovery, which was allegedly made after the victim's sister handed a note to her elementary school teacher. The note was written by the girl's mother and explained that her boyfriend had been holding her against her will and inside their home. Uh, that's what the lieutenant said. Additionally, the mother wrote in the note that she did not know where the girl's brother was and believed he was likely deceased. Man, there's some fucked up people in this world. There are some fucked up people in this world. There's some fucked up tyrants. I guess we're, I guess our eyes are off Trudeau now. He's, he's like the little tyrant, uh, compared to what Putin's got going on. Anyways, this is Jake with radio underland news. This is 30 minutes of just a everyday Joe's, you know, take on the news, like subscribe, share, and I will talk to you again soon. Uh, be good humans because there's enough bad humans out there. That's for sure. Be good humans. Take care of people. Watch out for each other. 
and let's just live life to the fullest. Don't take your day for granted. And uh, I will talk to you later. Have a good one.